The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to the Christine Uptrude Show here on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area and on TransformationTalkRadio.com around the world. So grateful you're joining us here today in sunny Seattle. Um, if you're not listening live, you might be listening after the fact anywhere around the world on ChristineUptrude.com or one of the dozens of podcasts this ends up in. But, you know, um, being in Seattle... This myopic need sun, need sun. We finally got it, and uh, I want to say hello to other two other Seattleites, Olivia, who's behind the technology transformation talk radio. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning. Sunshine's nice, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> yeah. Grateful for and, that. And good morning, Benny at KKNW. I so miss seeing you in the studio. Oh, I miss you too, Christine. It is a great day for me. It is the last day for third grade for my boys. So congratulations to third grade to them. Yay. All right. Put it in the books. Let's move on to the fourth. Yes. <laughs> and it's also Juneteenth, which yes. is a, uh -huh. um, a wonderful holiday that should be celebrated. And um, I'm, I'm, I know there's so much going on right now in our world. And based on my own experience and experience of clients and friends and colleagues, I think a lot of us are having some really interesting dreams. Wouldn't it be nice to kind of figure out what our psyches are telling us and how our dreams could help us navigate these challenging times. Our guest today can help us with exactly that. But we're gonna take a quick 60 second break. On the other side of the break, we're gonna learn all about how to interpret your dreams. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change, with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and TransformationTalkRadio.com. And also Facebook Live, if you go to Christine Upchurch professional page or Transformation Talk Radio on Facebook, you will see the live video. All right, um, our guest today is gonna help us make some sense out of our dreams. She's written a book that's very comprehensive about different approaches to kind of decoding, deciphering our dreams. 
and it's it's very interesting and boy oh boy i don't know about you but i could certainly use this about now um her name is linda yael schiller she's an msw and licsw she's an international speaker a dreamwork specialist integrative mind body spirit psychotherapist and she's the author of this book modern dreamwork new tools for decoding your soul's wisdom and um, she's also written a book called Integrative and Comprehensive Trauma Treatment, which sounds very interesting to me as well. She's also written lots of articles, book chapters, done audio programs on dream work. Um, and she's a professor emeritus at Boston University School of Social Work. She's received awards for her original theory of relational group work and we'll hear more about some of the groups she's created and facilitated. And um, she's been recognized worldwide for her teaching excellence. She teaches DreamWork Live and online to a variety of professional disciplines, including therapists, coaches, clergy, and healthcare providers, as well as team building, corporate events, and retreats on her integrated embodied DreamWork approach. Really like to welcome our guest today, Linda Schiller, author of this book. Hi, Linda. Hi, Christine. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to have you here today. And I tell you, if at any time on our planet during my lifetime, I feel like it, it's be most helpful for us to be able to decipher our dreams, it's now. Um, mm -hmm. you just look on social media, people talking about all the nightmares they're having. Um, it, you, the subtitle of your book is New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom. So clearly you take a, a more holistic, uh, a higher level perspective on dream work. So my question to you is, how did you sort of go this route as a therapist and as an individual? Mm, thanks for the question. So I've always been one of those people even as a kid who was interested in sort of uncanny ways of knowing and things beyond our sort of more western linear style of understanding i'm i'm a big fan of science don't get me wrong at all uh -huh. but in addition to um good scientific research i also from an early age have learned to sort of listen in to other voices both within me and from the universe to get information and messages and um, one of the most powerful voices that we have that allows us to tap into ways of knowing is through our dreams. Um, sure. So I had a few dreams when I was younger, a couple of memorable dreams, but I didn't really get connected to dream work as part of my, my both professional self and really as, as one of my callings or maybe my, my main calling in terms of the work I'm here to do in the world until I came back uh, to the United States. I had, I'm from Buffalo, New York originally. Uh -huh. And then I lived in Israel for five years. And when oh, I came wow. back, I moved to the Boston area and a friend of mine moved up from New York city. And she said to me, Linda, I'm so done with New York. There's nothing thing at all I miss about New York except my dream circle. So I'm going to start a dream circle in Boston. And would you be in my dream circle? And I said, yes, Eve, I will. And then the next thing I said was, what's a dream circle? <laughs> so 
there was something in me, and this was in my, I guess, late 20s, early 30s, that resonated and knew I needed to say yes to that, even before my conscious mind knew exactly what I was sort of getting myself into. Sure. And then since then, I have been studying, learning, teaching, and writing um, and practicing dream work as a way to share this way of, um, of wisdom source with mm. other people in the world. I know that there's some people who have perspectives that um, dreams are really just a way of processing information, processing emotions. Um, and then there are people like you and Robert Moss, who's also been on the show several times, who take this bigger picture perspective of how not only are they helping us to process things, but they are helping guide the way of various aspects of our life. Um, what sort of took you from being in a dream circle to understanding that this is an important part for clients, students, and those who are reading your book? Mm, sure. Well, a um, couple of ways to answer that. First is that Robert Moss is a colleague of mine, and I've read yes. many of his books. I'm, I'm a big fan. And uh, he was probably, among other people, some of the people who inter influenced me. And I put together, based on my own interests, personally and professionally, an approach to dream work I call an embodied psycho-spiritual approach. Mm -hmm. So I believe and I practice from a, an integrated and holistic perspective, meaning we're not just a mind and mm -hmm. we're not just a body and we're not just emotions and we are enlivened by spirit. So there are four integrated parts of our being, our physical selves, our cognitive or thinking selves, our emotional selves, and our spiritual selves. And for me to work with people in therapeutic settings or in dream work, I want to work in as broad and comprehensive a way possible to address all these different aspects of, of ourself. Uh -huh. um, because the healing can move forward in any of those realms or dimensions. And for us to have, in Hebrew, there's a phrase called refuashlema, which means a complete healing. So for mm -hmm. us to have a complete healing in whatever distress is um, concerning us or affecting us, my belief, and not just mine, but many people believe we need to heal in all four realms. Mm -hmm. And that makes perfect sense to me. And I know that years ago, decades ago, uh, literally, uh, I had had a, a nightmare uh, with a five-year-old girl, long dark hair, banging to get in this glass wall window of um, the house I was living in. I was totally disturbed. And I'm so grateful that my therapist at the time was a big proponent of exploring mm. dreams and doing dream work. And, and it uncovered uh, memories of molestation that was mm -hmm. just really important part of my journey. Yeah. Um, and so I, I know how powerful it can be to have somebody who takes this holistic approach. Um, so it's, it's the kind of thing where so often though we're, we're on our own, mm -hmm. right? And if people can't have a session with you or, or therapists who do this, um, how can we empower ourselves 
to use your, your embodied approach and um, find our way to the meaning behind our dreams? Well, I could talk for a couple of weeks on that question, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to keep it succinct so then you can ask other questions. Um, so for starters, I want to back up to what you said a moment ago, something about we, we thought it was, it was just about um, a psychological uh, interpretation or about processing information. I, I agree with the sentence, but I'd actually take the word just out of it. Because I think one of the aspects or powers of dream work is to process what has happened in our life and process and um, metabolize things that have happened, whether they've happened yesterday or last week or a few years ago or from our childhood or sure. in some cases from other lifetimes as well. Mm -hmm. So a big piece of dream work has to do with this ability of our deepest wisest selves and or depending on where you think dreams come from our connection with the divine to get information in a way that our conscious mind doesn't yet have available to us just the way you did with your powerful dream and then you work mm -hmm. through um, what you understood the meaning to be allows mm -hmm. us to process and metabolize information that we otherwise wouldn't be able to metabolize. So I, I sort of have this little phrase that I made up and it's, it's kind of, I think, relevant in, in terms of the story you told me about your life. What we don't metabolize, we may be at risk for metastasizing. Oh, oh, that is a powerful phrase. Say it again, please. What we don't metabolize, we may be at risk for metastasizing. What do you mean by that? So if we have either recently or long ago suffered various traumatic events in our life, powerful losses in our life, deep change, things that have, if you, you know, disturbed the force field, so to speak, of, of our being, sure. um, we have to find a way to not keep them locked up inside our body mind. And I'm using that phrase as one word, our, our body mind. And I could I love that realty to say our body, mind, spirit, but within the totality of ourselves. So right. we need to bring up whatever happened in our lives up to a place of enough consciousness so that we can go, oh, here's something I need to resolve. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, here's something I need to make peace with or understand or forgive. And then the ultimate work of dream work is to do something different in the world. So I realized I haven't answered your original question yet. So I'll, I'll cycle back to that. Okay. But starting at the end and then going back to the beginning, um, much like life, the final piece of work in doing dream work is to do something different in our life as a excuse me, as a result of having understood the meaning and messages that our dreams have come to give us. I so love might that. Be something, sorry. No, no. So, so what you're saying, it's not just a matter of witnessing it. It's not just a matter of um, interpreting, decoding. It's also a matter of taking what you've processed and learned and applying that to life in one way exactly. or another. Exactly. Exactly right, Christine. That's right. Yeah, that's very so powerful. I'll, so I'll back up to your original question and then I'll, I'll, 
I'll bring us full circle maybe to the to the end that I started with. Um, if you want to understand your own dreams and work with your dreams, the first step really is to value them. Mm-hmm. Because we we won't work with something we don't value and we won't pay attention to something that we don't value. So for starters to say, okay, there must be something to the fact that throughout antiquity, in every recorded culture, in every recorded spiritual discipline, there has been dreamers and dream work and dream interpretation. And some of the wisest elders in many, many cultural traditions have been the shamans and the prophets and the dream interpreters among us. Um, If we think back to the Judeo-Christian Bible, um, the reason that Joseph was promoted from being in prison to being Pharaoh's right-hand man was his ability as a dream interpreter. Um, In ancient Greece, the temples of Asclepius, the priests and priestesses at the temples of Asclepius would welcome travelers and sojourners from across the known world at that time who would come to these temples for the express purpose of having healing dreams. They would sleep at night in the temple after some kind of a ritual cleansing and the priests and priestesses would loose small um, whitish yellow snakes to slither around the dreamers and whisper the healing words into the ears of the dreamer. And that would be the dream they would remember. And in the morning they would wake and the priests and priestess would help them interpret and understand what the dream meant, what the message was that they received. So these are just two, two examples. Um, so we start by valuing the dream, right. and then we start by paying attention and capturing the dream. Because we all know that dreams are ephemeral. They're like wisps of smoke. They're like a puff of, of air. You move too quickly, you sit up, poof, it's gone. Right. So we need to find a way to anchor the productions of our night mind and soul into our daily waking life in order to be able to work with them. Uh-huh. So what I recommend to people, first of all, is write it down, get a journal, keep it by your bed. I'm old fashioned dating myself, but you know, before I was around before the era of computers at all. But so I like a journal where I can actually write with a pen and pencil. Uh-huh. You can use that. You can type it onto your computer. You can uh-huh. talk it into any of your device. Right. Then you just need to transcribe it later if you're going to talk it in. And then once you've written it down, the next step I would recommend that you do is go back and pay attention to what I call the emotional narrative that goes along with the storyline of your dream. Because the difference between my dream and your dream and the difference between a pleasant dream and a nightmare is that emotional narrative okay so the i I imagine if if you're dreaming about a tiger for instance that's right and the the tiger is just standing there if you're not afraid of the tiger it probably means something very different than if you have a deep fear of that tiger right that's exactly right and that's what changes it from a interesting fun or perhaps this was your totem animal the tiger who Uh came to a nightmare a and b what makes the difference between your dream and my dream this is fascinating so you offer a variety of approaches to Mm -hmm. um 
processing and um, you know, give, giving life to the dream that we can apply to our life. Mm -hmm. uh, so what are some of the approaches you talk about in your book here? Okay, thanks. So after I've written it down and I've gone back and I'm looking for the emotional narrative, I want to try when I'm writing the book, excuse me, when I'm writing the dream down, I want to try to write it in the order in which I dreamt it because the beginning, the middle and the end of your dream has significance. Really? So if you're, yeah, I'll tell you why in a second. If you're okay. afraid that you're going to forget the dream unless you write the ending down first, go ahead and write the ending down first to like, uh -huh. snag the tail of the tiger, <laughs> um, but then go back and rewrite it in the order you dreamt it. My, my personal dream journals often have like arrows, you know, saying, oh, this came first and then this came uh -huh. next. So sure. I know the order because the the order of dreaming will give you a hint as to where you are thus far in resolving or understanding or working with a particular issue or dilemma that you might be struggling with or simply what you understand. Can you give us an example? That's so put you on the spot gonna, there. Sure, I'm going to go. I'm going to use your example of the tiger. Okay, let's okay. say in your dream you were chased by a tiger, and mm -hmm. you're running, and where you wake up is the tiger's. You feel the heat of the tiger's breath on your neck, and you know that at any minute that tiger could attack you, and then you wake up. Mm -hmm. So one can imagine if we were gonna look at the emotional narrative, that in the beginning, you might feel a little trepidation and fear if you uh -huh. first notice the tiger, then you may physically in your body feel your heart start to pound, you might uh -huh. feel your legs getting tired as you're running. And as the tiger in your dream is getting closer and closer, I imagine that for most people, there'd be a sense of increasing dread and panic. Uh -huh. So if that's where your dream ended, that's a very different experience than the tiger is chasing you and all of a sudden you somehow magically are able to leap across the ravine that appeared in front of you with your magical, powerful wings, land on the other side and be free from the tiger. Uh -huh. Or, in the dream, if the tiger is chasing you and all of a sudden you hear the tiger say, Christine, hold on, I'm not gonna hurt you. Uh -huh. I have a gift for you. That would be a different ending to the dream too. It would be, yes. Yeah. Yes. And we wanna make sure we get it in the right order because if you ended with the tiger breathing down your neck that says, I'm here, in resolving whatever it is that causes me to feel like I'm being chased or in fear of being devoured somehow by a wild beast or a wild part of myself in the night, then if that wild part of yourself, this is another way of doing dream work is to look at what's called the gestalt perspective. Yes. Every person and every character and even everything in the dream is some part of yourself. Uh -huh. So if the tiger part of yourself in the dream said, yo, Christine, I'm trying to give you a gift, that's a very different place to wake up from the dream. It is. That yeah. may have other emotions besides dread and panic. Okay, so we 
record our dream one way or another and make sure it's in the proper order, then mm -hmm. what do we do with it from there? The next thing I might do is see what first jumps out at me. So one of the things I talk about in the book is a layered approach to working with dream work. And I've identified four layers of ever deepening inquiry that I borrowed from the Kabbalah. So I've applied a, a method of reading the holy book of the Torah that we use in Kabbalah to doing dream work. Uh -huh. So the first layer of the dream is the storyline itself, the dream. Right. So first I'm going to look at the dream and I'm going to say, do I have anything I know? What do I know about this dream? Does it, mm -hmm. re is, the, is the house in my dream, the house I grew up in as a child or the people in my dream, do, do I know them? Are they my friends, my relatives? Um, the place in my dream, have, have I ever been to this place? Is it a place that I know or is it something imaginary? So I'm just getting my initial associations to the dream mm -hmm. for starters. That's starting to point me in some direction. So the next layer is what is the dream hinting at? So it may or may not be contained right in the narrative of the dream itself. So for example, I'm just gonna keep using your, your wonderful image if that's okay with a tiger. So I'm thinking about a tiger. It's like, okay, well, what's my relationship to tigers? Did I ever have a stuffed tiger when I was a little girl? Right. Do I like tigers at the zoo? Um, what about the whole category of cats in general? What's my relationship or connection with cats and particularly large jungle cats? So I'm starting to see if there are any hints there that the dream might be pointing me toward that may not be contained in the actual narrative okay. of the dream itself. So that's the second layer. Right. What comes after that? Okay, then the third layer is the pursued layer from the Hebrew word lidrosh, which means to chase after. So here's where we use a variety of different methods. Some of them you can certainly use yourself on your own, that is, and others uh -huh. are more easily used if you're consulting with one or several other people. Uh -huh. But you can certainly use some of these methods yourself. So just sort of number of different methods I'm going to free associate to methods. One, of course, is free association, right? That Freud uh -huh. and Young did have something to tell us about dream work. When we put our attention on the dream, what comes to mind? What associations show up for us? Whether we understand them or not, take note. One of the skills of doing good dream work is the skill of pattern recognition. So we want to be paying attention to not only this individual dream that you have, but uh -huh. if you've been keeping track of your dreams over time, you get to have a compendium of your dreams and you get to notice the patterns. Mm -hmm. So if, if I had dreamt about, um, you know, my old, my old cat who passed away and then I dreamt about a, a, a lion and then I dreamt about a tiger, that's telling me something, right? That that's part of the pattern, for instance. Exactly. Okay. And if I haven't been recording my dreams, I'm probably not going to remember the pattern. 
So because so that's why keeping the record is important because we can only change an ingrained pattern if we recognize that it's a pattern. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we don't know that we're repeating ourselves in our dreams or in our waking lives. So the, the act of writing it down, does that help us to remember it? Or do we have to go back and always access the dream journal? Um, I'm not sure. I'm, 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 just saying that I'm, I'm just wondering if the act of writing it down helps us to remember it long term, or do we actually have to, you know, rifle through our dream journal later in oh. order to, um, you know, assess if there was a pattern? Oh, I see. In terms of the patterns, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Both, I guess. Yeah. Both, right? It can be one or the other. The the act of writing certainly will anchor our dreams, and that the physicality, which brings us to the embodied work, the physicality yeah. of writing helps us to feel the dream through our body as well. So we uh -huh. remember something better because the word remember is re and member. It's literally putting the, the our limbs are called members of our bodies, right? So we're yes. putting our limbs back together as we remember a dream. Uh -huh. Right. And often though, unless we're particularly on the alert, we may have to go back and as you suggested, rifle through our journals to say, oh, will you look at that? For the last few months, I've been dreaming of cats in one form or another. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And we're going to go to the, the, the next layer on the other side of the upcoming break. Um, stay tuned for more with Linda Schiller here in just a few moments. I'm Peggy Snow with another Stellar Reflections Minute. Presence, or what we think of as being fully in the moment, is a key element in the process of healing work. As a practitioner facilitating a session, Genuine presence takes us out of our heads where we tend to decide what is and maybe what should be for the client and moves us into direct experience where we're available to witness the person in their wholeness. In this receptive realm, our senses are heightened and expanded, allowing us to perceive what's seeking to unfold and to interact in the moment. There's something profoundly powerful that happens when healing is approached in this simple, pure way. Balance can be restored and healing can take place on multiple levels. If you'd like more information about the services we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change, with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. 
Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Are you meeting your sales goals? Or maybe your business plan could use a dose of the divine. Tune in to Divinely Driven Results with faith-based business coach Elise Smith on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Coach Elise Smith helps listeners get unstuck from their business plateau and become empowered through divine guidance. Build up belief in yourself and your dreams and learn business strategies that work for you for real lasting results. Learn more by visiting www.DivinelyDrivenResults.com. Welcome back to the Christine Epchurch Show here on AM 1150 KKNW in the Seattle area and on Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm talking today um, with modern dream work expert Linda Yael Schiller. Uh, This is her book and the subtitle of modern dream work is new tools for decoding your soul's wisdom. And Linda, I have to tell you, I really love how comprehensive your book is because it it takes um, and sort of like an exploratory approach to uh, several different um, ways of, of decoding our dreams. And it's, it, it sort of goes more in depth. And I know before the break, you were talking about the four layers of approaching a dream um, based on the Kabbalah. And I think you had gotten to the third one. Right. What's that fourth and deepest layer of, of, of delving into a dream? Sure. So the fourth layer takes us to the transpersonal and the spiritual and the mystical side of the dream. Um, This is the dream where we may uh, receive messages from the divine, from the beyond, whatever words you're comfortable using that are both for ourselves personally and potentially for other people in our lives and even for the world at large. Mm-hmm. Um, we may at this level of dreaming connect with spiritual beings, however you understand who or what they are for you in your life. Uh-huh. We may have visitations from departed relatives or friends um, uh-huh. who come and there's a different uh, quality to a dream where our departed relative shows up as a symbol or a dream character and when a departed relative shows up as a a visitation from the other side. How is it different when we're experiencing the dream? um, How does it feel or seem different? Sure. With the visitations, what most people say is that there's a vividness and an aliveness that is qualitatively and quantitatively different than a dream character or a dream symbol there's often an a sense that that person is is with you in the room and you are really connected with and feeling their essence their spirit um i i mentioned this the other day i that when uh, my dad who passed away about 10 years ago visits me in my dreams or sometimes in waking life too, I can hear his voice with the tone and the timber and the voice quality exactly as if he was in the room talking to me, uh-huh. which is very different than if I saw him, you know, sitting in a chair or walking down the street in a dream. It's not uh-huh. that same quality of immediateness. Right, right. Um, so 
beyond the, 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 the visions of loved ones or the mystical qualities, do people get um, precognitive information? And if so, how do you know whether it's a, a fear or a, you know, just a fantasy versus something that is to, likely to happen that you need to act upon? It's a really great question. And part of how I might answer that is the, the proof is in the pudding, right? Uh -huh. Sure. Does it happen afterwards or not? Right. So we don't know if something that we've dreamt is precognitive unless we've paid attention to our dreams and somehow recorded it or remembered it in some way, and then it happens. Right. So not all precognitive dreams are earth shattering. Sometimes they can be little sure. things like I dreamt that I'm going to see my friend Kathy and she was wearing that teal blue shirt that I really love. Uh -huh. And sure enough, tomorrow Kathy shows up wearing the teal blue shirt that I really love. That was a precognitive dream. Right. I dreamt it in advance. And then there are dreams that are, you know, the prophets among us that dream about earth changing, earth shattering events. Uh -huh. um, I don't know that there's a secret for knowing in advance if something is precognitive or not. But mm -hmm. here's one, here's a couple things. Pay attention to your reoccurring dreams and your reoccurring dream images. Because if something reoccurs, it's probably important. We don't always know important for who. It might just be important for us, but it might be right. important for other people too. So if you're having a dream that is somehow either the dream itself or a theme of the dream or a person in the dream or an uh -huh. event in the dream keeps coming back, I might pay special attention to those dreams and perhaps share or ask or check in with the people involved with my dreams if it felt right, just to kind of give them a heads up. And um, we know that there have been people who have healed physical illnesses mm -hmm. that they first came across as a result of having a dream, mm -hmm. often in symbolic fashion that right. allowed them to be alert and concerned enough to go to the doctor and say, yeah, I, I want to test for this, even though there's nothing showing up that would make me think, make you think I need a test. I want to test for this. A, a, a client of mine, actually, um, a man had been having dreams for, for several months of, of water dripping. And he just said, we talked about, you know, well, were there plumbing issues in his house or, you know, what's the relationship with water? And then he, nothing was really resonating, right? We can, we can try a lot of things. We don't know for sure if we have the right interpretation until it feels right to the dreamer. But sure. I was working with this person with a group in a dream circle and his dreams started to change from just little bits of water dripping to there was, um, kind of trickles of water. And then he saw water kind of coming down the walls of his house. And then there was a dream where there was a, a, a creek in the backyard that was threatening to overflow. And so we're thinking about water and, and the unconscious and plumbing. And then we get on the, what's called the prodromal dream, which is the dreams that are health alerts. And we say, any chance that there's anything going on in your personal plumbing system that's a problem? And he said, no, not that I really know of. But, you know, we said, do us a favor and go to the doctor and will you get your plumbing checked? Right. He did and found very early stage testic um, prostate cancer. Wow. 
and was able to be successfully treated. Had he not gone that early, it would have progressed much further before he had physical signs alerting him of it. I know that when, um, when doctors suspected that I might have uh, this type of cancer, they were physical lesions on the skin. And I was not the least bit worried because I knew it didn't look like those ugly moles. And I was thinking skin cancer, the non-melanoma skin cancer, no big deal, right? Um, and I had a biopsy. And while I was waiting for the results of the biopsy, I had a dream. And in this dream, uh, somebody was putting a needle into the middle of the lesion. And I woke up just completely disturbed, very, very disturbed. And I thought, that's weird. I'm, I mean, I don't like needles, but I'm not that afraid of them sort of noted that. And when I went back to the doctor and they said, it's looking like it's a type of um, lymphoma that starts on the skin, which is very different than, you know, non-melanoma skin cancer. So this is back in the late 1980s, you know, this is before the internet. I went to a medical library and started researching this. And when I read about how they staged it, they staged it by taking peripheral blood, which is putting a needle in the middle of it. And it gave me this head to toe shiver, kind of like, oh, that's what my dream was telling me. Right. Yeah. Wow. And so um, it's, it sort of underscored to me that the, even though they were saying at the time, well, you know, it's, it's highly probable. I, I knew in, inside of me, it was it, you know, based on the dream. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's no wonder that you have followed the life path that you followed because uh -huh. clearly among other things, you're, you're a strong dreamer. Oh, apparently, you know, it's funny because I often will go through stages where I don't remember my dreams and I, and I, I need wonderful people like you to, to come on my show and just remind me. And, and I, I recorded my dream this morning and it was bizarre, but I, I know that it's a, a very important part of processing emotions, of, of listening to messages. And I've got had precognitive dreams too, you know, seeing this map of the U.S. with drought patterns, you know, that it, wow. that came true. I mean, it, some weird things like that, but it's, it's, I, I definitely see the value and I'm so intrigued. And I, I really want to talk to you about dream circles, but before we go any further, I'm seeing that the time is marching on. I want to make sure in this segment to, um, to mention your website and okay. find out more about, you know, what it is you offer, because this is such important work. I want people to be able to access this afterwards. Thank you. What's your website? Thank you so much. So I'm going to tell you my website, but I want to say something really important before I do that about your reaction and response to your dream, because this is a really important thing for people to know. The only true arbiter of the meaning of a dream is the dreamer, him or herself. This is one of the standards, ethical standards of IASD, the International Association for the Study of Dreams, of which I am a member. I can't say enough good things about that organization, IASD.org. But that shiver you talked about, that kind of body felt sense, uh -huh. that's the aha. Yeah. So if you're working with a dream and you get that shiver or that bone knowing or that kind of aha in your body, that's the, okay, we're on the right track in terms of yeah. understanding your dream. That makes so sense. I wanted to make sure that the listeners yeah. um, knew Thank that. You. Yeah. Sure. So in terms of um, who am I, what do I do? I have a couple of websites. Um, Linda Yael Schiller.com is my professional website. All one word, L-I-N-D-A-Y-A-E-L-S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R. And that talks 
talks about my work as a psychotherapist, as a dream worker, as someone who uh, does speaking engagements, has a list of all my publications um, on it. And it has a link to my dream blog. And the dream blog that I've been writing um, for, I don't know, seven, eight years now is called Awake to Your Dreams dot com all one word okay. awake to your dreams.com dreams .com. Yeah. and the blog was the seed material for the book so that 10 years ago when i knew i had a least one more book in me i, I have another one by the way i'll tell you about it in a minute that's okay. it's still incubating <laughs> but i knew i had a book in me and i didn't have time my daughter was young and i was still teaching at boston university and it was too much going on in my life but my friends in my dream circle said well Linda, but you could write a blog uh -huh. and i said yes i could so i started to blog with the thought in the back of my mind this is going to be the source material for my book and that's exactly what it became uh -huh. and then since putting the book together. I've continued blogging and the last bunch of blogs on the website have to do specifically with nightmares. So that's the next upcoming book that I'm, I'm cooking right now as soon as I have a little more Great. time and bandwidth is a book specifically. This book definitely talks about nightmares. There's several sure. methods, techniques. There's a whole chapter on, on uh -huh. the Gaia method, a guided active imagination approach for healing nightmares. Um, but there are other things on that website as well. And then finally, the third website will take you to all you want to know about the book, short of buying it, which of course you are welcome to do. Um, it's uh, moderndreamwork.com, sort of all one word, moderndreamwork.com. And that takes you to the website for the book where there are the endorsements and there's a description of the book. Mm -hmm. There's all the links to various radio and other uh, television shows that I've been on if you want to in addition to listening to Christine, see other things. And then of course, links, you can purchase the book through the publisher themselves, which is Llewellyn uh, Publications, Llewellyn Worldwide. And then of course on um, Amazon, Amazon, Barnes yeah. and Nobles, and it's both available in ebook as well as in uh, hard in print. And I, I love the, the back of your book where it starts saying, dreaming your way home. Mm. I love that. Thank you. That was actually my original working title, was Dreaming Your Way Back Home. And um, my publishers, in their wisdom, I, you know, said, that's a little too ambiguous for a title. We need a clearer title. So yeah. we switched it to, you know, Modern Dream Work. Um, but that was still my, my heart's title <laughs> for the book. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, it could be a novel with that title, but it's, it is a beautiful phrase, Dreaming Your Way Back Thank Home. You. I really like that. Thank um, you. So... One of the things I've been so fascinated about since reading your book has been this concept of having a dream circle. Mm. I, you know, I've talked to friends about dreams and they've talked to me about them, colleagues, you know, we've chatted about dreams, but I never thought about having a regular meeting with people to analyze our dreams. Mm. How is, how is that a, a, a more powerful way or a, a, an additional way to help us make sense of our dreams? Sure. So even Freud and Jung were known to say that they couldn't completely interpret or understand their own dreams without someone else's help. It's uh -huh. like trying to see the back of our own head, right? Without right. two mirrors. We need those at least two mirrors to see, you know, surround sound. I'm mixing my metaphors here. Yeah. So 
when we are working with other people, we have lots of different perspective and perspectives and opinions that we may not have and probably couldn't even think of on our own. Mm -hmm. So working with other people allows us to have more perspectives and more options and more ideas for sort of fleshing out what the dream might mean. And the beauty of working with a group of other people is that we all get benefit out of working on each other's dreams. Right? Uh -huh. So you might have a dream about a tiger and we might sit in a group together, either in a room or online. I've been doing dream groups online with a lot of people lately and it, it works remarkably well. I've learned I how bet. to do it on Zoom. Uh -huh. um, and you will get your various ahas about your dream. But as I'm listening and working with your dream and everybody else's, we're going to have our own associations and sure. our own ahas about who or what is a tiger in our life. Mm -hmm. So we all jointly um, get benefit out of working on each other's dreams. Mm -hmm. And in this time of social distancing and not being able to connect with people, the more ways we have to connect as intimately as possible, the better for our mental and physical and spiritual health. Mm. And doing dream work is a way to really connect from those intimate parts of ourselves um, in a way that transcends even through a screen sure. more than many other ways of connecting because we're sharing parts of our soul when we're sharing dream work. And uh -huh. when we work together, you know, basically the only guideline that I invite people to make sure they have, and then everything else you can figure out is make sure you have an agreement on confidentiality if you're doing group uh -huh. dream work sure. so that you can share anything you want about your own dream, but you're not at liberty to share other people's material or other people's mm -hmm. dreams because that's theirs. So as long right. as you have that confidentiality, then you can decide, do I want a facilitator? Do I not want a facilitator? Do we want to take turns facilitating? Do we want to have three people each time we meet? Do we want to meet for two hours? I mean, you can, you know, you can figure sure. out all the rest of that. And the other thing that you mentioned early on was um, it's not for us to interpret somebody else's dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. What I learned from one of my teachers, Jeremy Taylor, is a way of doing dream work with others is to start with the phrase, if this were my dream, which allows me to have my associations, but I'm then not superimposing them on you. Right. So I might right. say, if this were my dream about a tiger, I would be wondering about the wild part of myself. Uh -huh. And what does the wild part of myself want to tell me right now? Why is it chasing me down? Right? That may or may not have any resonance for you. Yeah. So, but somebody else could say, if this were my dream, I might be thinking of what am I afraid of? Uh -huh. And is there anything feline or feminine that is chasing me in my life for better uh -huh. or worse right. right now? So, okay. In the last couple of minutes, I want to ask you, do you feel that dream work is going to help us on a collective level to heal our world? Oh, what a wonderful question. I can say unequiv unequivocally, yes. We, we are being tested right now. There's something happening 
at a scale that's so much bigger than all of us. From climate change to pandemic coronavirus to Black Lives Matters and social upheaval to the rise and fall of political and humanitarian crises throughout the world, we, we are in sort of biblical times. Yeah. And a lot of people have been talking about this coronavirus as, as the next plague after we had the 10 plagues before mm -hmm. being leaving Egypt. Sure. Um, so there's some, I think, collective learning that we as a planet really, really need to get. So we talked before about repetitive dreams. And if we don't pay attention to them, they might escalate. So if we have a dream or a dream theme that we're ignoring, not only are we not metabolizing it, there's the possibility of it metastasizing. And the mm -hmm. dreams could escalate. And what began as a little tremor might become a cataclysmic earthquake as our dreams progress. Yeah. I have a feeling that we haven't been paying attention enough to the dreams of the world, to mm -hmm. the Gaia dreams. And this is our wake up call. So if we tune in individually and collectively and share this ancient knowledge that our wisdom keepers have entrusted us with, I completely believe there's still hope. I, I never give up hope. And I think our dreams can help lead us to a better place. That's so profound. Um, you know, Linda, we have pretty much ran out of time here. Um, again, I want to mention this is a wonderful book. I, I really appreciated how thorough and, and, and how you weren't just presenting one technique, but you showed a variety of them. And it's also inspired me to consider um, getting together with others to oh, analyze dreams because this is this is a, a really interesting approach to paying attention. Um, mm -hmm. So again, the book is called Modern Dream Work. And um, Linda, I wanna thank you for joining us here today. Um, it's been a fascinating conversation and I thank you for doing what you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. And I thank you for doing what you're doing in the world, Christine. Oh, thank pleasure you. meeting you. And it's been a pleasure having another show and, and getting to reach you, the audience. Um, we do this for you. So thank you. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.